What if we started with something that like really hooked the audience? Oh my. <laughs> like what? Like like something fun and exciting and oh intellectually awesome. I'm both literally and figuratively at the edge of my seat. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Welcome to Man Fully Alive Podcast. If you are joining us for the very first time on Manfully Alive podcast, Manfully Alive comes from the quote from St. Irenaeus, who says, the glory of God is man fully alive. Well, Nicholas, how do I become a man fully alive? You've got to know Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so Jesus did this wonderful thing of giving us the Gospels as a means to get to know him, the way we try to get to know our friends by talking with them, by conversing with them, hearing their stories. Christ gives us that opportunity, and that's what we exploit in this podcast. <laughs> exploit, yes. You mean explore? That's Yeah, that too. That too. Okay, <laughs> good. So welcome, if this is your very first time tuning in. Let us begin in a prayer. Yes, yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for uh, your words through the gospel that guide us, that teach us, that heal us that bring us ever closer to yourself through your church and through your sacraments. Help us to open our hearts and minds today to listen to your word and to grow ever more in love with you and your church. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So last week's challenge was to seek Jesus like the woman uh, with hemorrhages did by, by taking that action and just saying, if I but touch his garment, I will be healed. And so the, 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 the challenge was to take some form of an action where you're actually pursuing the Lord in a physical capacity or, or in some sort of taking an action, like an, an energetic approach, right? Yes. Doing something other than just what you were, you know, doing of doing the exact same thing every day and expecting different results, right? The definition right. of insanity. Practicing a, a new uh, habit, if you will. Yes. So for me, I attempted to do this challenge and I, I, you know, weigh in on this, if this was similar to your experience or completely different, I realized that the place that I was seeking Jesus the least was my office, right? Oh, because yeah. when you're at work, there is uh, some things that you're allowed to do, right? Sure. Like explore email and make sure you're all up to date on your current reading for, for your role. And I was using that as a means to prevent myself from actually getting some of the other jobs done that needed to get done. And so I, I, I kind of relinquished that to God in a new way and just asked the Lord to kind of keep me focused in the, in the tasks yeah. of my job. I had a much more productive week in the work that I was set out to do. And I was making better connections with people when I was, but I wasn't expecting that kind of a result from something that I would you know, unilaterally, I don't put my work in, in the hands of the Lord, and maybe that's a problem. Well, yeah, I mean, we're certainly called to put everything about our life into the hands of the Lord. So, I mean, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So what did you, uh, from this challenge, I guess, did you did you seek Jesus in a physical capacity, mental capacity? What yeah, was it? I uh, just tried to go back sort of old school to the to the basics, and so I tried to spend a little bit more uh, time in the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel before the Lord, and that was really nice. You know, I'm I'm never disappointed whenever I put my energy into to that. Um, I tend to wax and wane a little bit on that practice, but every time I really rededicate myself to it, it's it's successful because it's the presence of the Lord, and I feel closer to Him, and I 
feel better guided by him. And so uh, it was wonderful. Well, it gets outside of yourself a little bit if you if you have to leave what your comfort zone is, which is for me, it's, you know, work, the office, uh, time with my f- friends, time with my family, maybe in front of the TV sometimes. Sure. Uh, wandering around the backyard, you know, doing the things that dads, you know, husbands, fathers do. Yeah. But it's, it's important to realize that sometimes you have to go see your own father. You know, I've, I've worked in the backyard. I don't know that I've wandered around the backyard. It's well, you know, give it a, give it a, give it time. Sorry. I didn't mean to take away, but you're right. Seeking the father, (laughs) seeking the father. Yeah. There's, there's, there's old Michael wandering around the backyard. around. Well, uh, we, we hope you guys got something from this challenge because, uh, you know, the, the faith is, faith is good, but it, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't have a fulfilling role until it's actually paired with action. Yes. So, uh, just like the lady with the hemorrhages, we want you to pursue the Lord in a physical and, uh, more active capacity than, than just allowing faith to be the faith alone. Yeah. You know, we had a good example of that earlier in the week. Uh, I think it was last, uh, Tuesday was the Feast of Thomas the Apostle, uh, who, of course, is known for being the doubting Thomas. But there's another line in John's Gospel where Thomas says, let us go with Jesus, and, and, and if he's going to die, then we'll, we'll die with him. You know, and he's, he's the apostle of, of zeal and action, and that's sort of the side of Thomas I really like to focus on. Well, and we never pay attention to it, you know? Right. You just You kind of let the, the brand of what we've justified him to be sometimes overlap what he became from that moment. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, don't let those low moments in your life be the shining moments or the defining moments. Let it, let them be the, the compunction, right. Or the, uh, the instigator that begins your faith life anew. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it was John Paul II who said, you know, you are not the sum total of your mistakes and sins, but you are rather the sum total of the father's love for you. I've, I've always thought that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. Shall we, uh, shall we dive into the gospel? We should, yes. All right, so for the 14th week of Ordinary Time, the gospel is from Mark. That's chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 6. So feel free to read along uh, or pause and, and, and join us when, you, when you've got your gospel ready. A reading from the gospel of Mark. Jesus departed from there and came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said, Where did this man get all this? What kind of wisdom has been given him? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his native place, and among his own kin, and in his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deed there, apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, there's there's so much in here, you know, and... (laughs) The, the the line and they took offense at him. It's it's kind of powerful for me. It, that it strikes me every time I hear this gospel, um, you know, and it reminds me of the attitudes I've seen people have from time to time. Uh, I don't know if you've ever witnessed this before, but have you ever known somebody who is 
genuinely seeking the Lord, genuinely excited and joyful and, and maybe even zealous about the Lord, but they, they can come across as over the top or a little annoying or a little too much or whatever. And so immediately people just sort of assume, oh, they're holier than thou. Who do they think they are? Da, 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 da. You know, and you'll, you'll, I've, I've been in these situations and you see people not so much that they want to judge the person, but the perception that, oh gosh, you know, I'm maybe be, they, they make these judgments because they feel less than the other person or, or they're a little jealous of their excitement or joy or whatever. But I see Jesus in that exact same position right here. He's with people who know him. They know he was a carpenter, that his father was a carpenter and they're going, Oh, this Jesus guy, who, who does he think he is? You know? I guess he makes a decent table, but (laughs) son of God, I mean, that seems a bit far-fetched. That's a stretch. Yeah, exactly. And, and so how, how can a prophet be a prophet in his hometown? I I know that priests sometimes have this same problem. Um, when they go home or they're visiting family or, or gosh, especially if they're actually assigned to the parish where they grew up at. It's very hard for them to find their voice and have real authority when everybody knows, oh, you're, you know, oh, you're the kid that used to sit in the pew and like chew on his hair, you know, <laughs> how, how can you preach to us now? I mean, uh, it's just father hair chewer. Yeah. <laughs> Precious little thing, but he doesn't know nothing. <laughs> and, and I think that's that good. Oh gosh. That, it, it, it hits me more particularly. So a, a portion of my life, uh, about a, a little over a year, um, I spent in the Philippines or actually, I guess, oh. right at, right out of year I spent at the, in, in the Philippines and I was doing missionary work. And it was interesting because when you come back from an experience that is so far removed from the culture that you're used to and the culture that everyone in your family is used to, yeah. um, it's almost like you're a stranger sure. to them because what you experienced was something that they've never experienced, nor do many Americans even have the, I mean, this isn't me casting a judgment on my family, but they, they, they necessarily were so busy with life, right? Which is the, the American way. Sure. I've got so many things going on at all times that I can't really stop and reflect on this experience that you had. I mean, there was a a short amount of it, but for the most part, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to share experiences that are so outside the norm. Uh, for, for example, the poverty that you experience and the joy you had experienced when you had so little. Yeah. Like that, that was one of the more striking things because now, you know, I'm back in America and we even, even at my poorest moments, you know, since I've been back, which now we're talking almost, almost nine years ago. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's an interesting thing of, of noticing that, that path that you come along of, I was, I was so outside of the, what have you done for me lately mentality and now I'm so back into its trenches, right? Yeah. Well, now you have stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the more stuff I have, the harder it is maybe for me to be joyful. Well, yeah. I mean, 
oh gosh, I don't want to quote a movie off to pay royalties, but you know, sometimes the stuff we have ends up owning us. Yeah. Uh, That's a, yeah. Anywho, the the reason I say that is, is within this gospel. I think, I think Christ kind of experiences that because, you know, he, he was at this point, he's been baptized, right? By, uh, his cousin, John the Baptist, by his cousin and the Holy Spirit descends upon him and, his mission is clear and he comes home here in this moment and he realizes I'm surrounded by everyone who knew me as a child and in their eyes, they don't see me as anything other than that child that I was. Yeah. Yeah. And he's surrounded by his family who love him. And, and, you know, it refers to brothers and sisters, which of course he didn't have actual brothers and sisters, but his kinsmen, his cousins, those who, who grew up with him. Um, and the whole <clears throat> town apparently is just sort of like, wow, you know, he's returning, but who is he? And you mentioned earlier, and I'll point this out. I really liked how, uh, the, the sentence, what mighty deeds are wrought by his hands ends with an exclamation point. But it's, it's sandwiched between a whole bunch of questions. Right. And so oftentimes when I heard this right growing up, that was, that was, I thought that was a question as well. Yes. So did what I. mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Not what mighty deeds are wrought by his hands. Exactly. It's like, wow, that one little nugget of, of, of truth that they're able to acknowledge in the midst of all these doubting questions. Yeah. And then, and then the doubt, they succumb to the doubt shortly after that, because they're saying, isn't that, that's Mary's son, right? (laughs) Brother of James, Joseph, Judas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. That guy. Oh, hair chewer. Hair chewer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I, hope I, I hope we don't get up to the gates and they go, you called, you called Jesus a hair. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> You're out. You, you don't get to come in. Uh, uh, little did we know we didn't write that down, but that was the, that was the unforgivable sin. Uh, so just, a, I mean, just a beautiful kind of reflection there though, that they notice, they do notice that there are mighty deeds being wrought by him. Yeah, even if it's not them seeing it themselves, perhaps they heard about it before he got there. But yeah, something, they're expecting something, and then they're still kind of like, I don't know, disappointed or or whatever. Oh, it's just the same old guy we've always known. Um, And what's so unfortunate is because of their attitude, because their inability to see past what they knew of Jesus and what Jesus is now bringing in terms of his, his ministry, they're simply unfaithful. You know, they're, they're lacking faith because they can't get beyond who they think Jesus is. Um, and this affects what Jesus is able to do for them. You know, it, it says, um, sort of in a reverse way, it says, first, um, he was not able to perform mighty deeds apart from healing a few sick people. And then it ends with, he was amazed at their lack of faith. And it doesn't say it explicitly, but it's sort of implying that because of their lack of faith, he was unable to perform mighty deeds, um, which is the opposite of what we see so often whenever Jesus is uh, performing miracles. He will often turn to them after they've been healed and said, ah, it is your faith that has healed you. Go and sin no more. So I think the, the faith is the initiative that the miracle would occur, right? Not yes. that miracle causes faith, that faith causes miracles. Yeah, yeah, I think that's precisely right. Which, um, which spits with, in the face of what people want from the Lord, right? We have those selfish tendencies that say, give me a miracle, Christ, so that I can believe. And he said, no, you don't understand. I would violate your free will. 
I'm not going to do that. I want you to come to faith by knowledge and love of me in retrospect and, and in thanksgiving for the blessings that you have received, not because I violated it and gave you a smoke show so that you can now, oh, great, now he believes because I, I totally yeah. overrode that. Which, which really is at the heart of that gospel, again, that we read earlier about St. Thomas. You know, he says, uh, Thomas, essentially you've come to faith because you've seen and you've put your fingers in my side and in my wounds, but blessed are those who have not seen and still believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is an interesting relationship between the power of God in our life in terms of grace, in terms of miracle, all of that, and the level of our faith. What is it? The, you know, the the faith the side of a, size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Well, why is that? Because faith is what fuels our relationship with God and unlocks his power, his grace, his glory. You know, so often we say, we open every podcast with uh, uh, the glory of God is man fully alive. Well, part of that definition of man fully alive is a man full of faith mm-hmm. in the Lord. Um, and And then God's, graces that the, I, I guess you could say even the, the floodgates of his grace are opened and, and we're awashed of his love and his grace by that faith, by that faith. Absolutely. So then if, if this is Christ, right? Son of God yeah. back in his native place being seen as less than the son of God, right? Yeah. That's so human. That's so masculine to find yourself being not belittled and even looked down upon, but really maybe even regressing a little bit when you are in your native place. Yeah. And I mean, Jesus wouldn't regress, but they certainly would see him that way. Yeah. Yeah. Or belittle the deeds that he would do because he's just that hair chewer. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I think we see that in ourselves. It happens to us sometimes. More, more times than I really ever... (laughs) Ever, ever, especially on the air, want to admit, but the, uh, the challenge, I think there's a challenge here about what type of environment we want to create for our families. Because if, when somebody comes back to our native place, meaning our children return to us and our friends return home and see us, yeah, um, either, or we return home to see our friends, what, are, what is our home life? need to be like so that it can be a culture that instigates that faith so that the best version of the self that maybe came out later in life can shine forth when people do return home. And speaking of returning home last week was the 4th of July. So uh, happy 4th to everybody. (laughs) Fireworks. Yeah. We need, we need real sound effects. Oh, well. Fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the thing that I think is so important though is when you go back to that place or when you're receiving your children back home that you have that environment that doesn't knock the profit within them right that yeah. you're either cultivating that and so I guess what would be a good challenge associated to that you know I because it is so hard to be the prophet or the lead in the faith in our, in our native place, right? Okay, so if our native place is our home, and if we as men are supposed to be leaders of faith within our own families, we should find then a way to challenge ourselves to be strengthened 
to 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 not regress in any way, to not go back to a former, more childish version of ourselves uh, within our home, uh, within our comfort zone, but rather to be vigilant in the faith and truly be a leader or a prophet within our own families. It's important for men to never let up or forget uh, the important role they play uh, in guiding their family towards the faith and not allowing them to make assumptions or fall into the same old ways uh, and letting things fall to the side when it comes to the importance of the faith. There is a shortage of men who take that challenge on a daily basis, not just on this week that we're putting it out, but there's a shortage of men who take that leadership role from their family and, and reach out to their wife and their children and give them a godly example of a man. Right. Yeah. Something that is uh, sought after, meaning uh, pursuing the Lord with action. Right. Le- be acting right. in the spiritual head of getting your family to mass, getting your family to to church, not relying on our wives to take that role. Right. Sure. If, if, if we relinquish it to them, that 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 is an omission of an of a good we could do for them. Well, and to spur people on just a little bit, I've even heard statistics that talk specifically on the way in which children receive that message differently from mothers and fathers. And so if a mother is very strong in the faith and encourages the family to go to mass, while that is a very good thing, it has less effect on whether or not the children will grow up to remain Catholic than if the father takes the role of leading the family and taking the family to church. I don't know why that is, but statistically they say that children are more often following the faith as adults whenever their fathers are leads in the faith within the family. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard also that uh, even if a, a, a mother is a devout believer, the belief system will pass on, yet the practice will not unless it's enhanced and supported by the father, meaning led by That's the father. That's true. That's true. And I know lots of men that find it difficult to, to do things like pray with their spouse or even to talk about the faith with their children. But those are skills that men need to develop. It's important that we read the scriptures, that we have some basic understanding to at least be able to take the gospel in the weekend and turn around and say, oh, little Johnny or little Sarah, whoever your children are, you know, what did you hear? What did you hear Jesus teaching you today? What, what kind of things did, did the gospel tell you about Jesus or about your faith and just explore it with them. It doesn't have to be theologically profound. It just needs to be you taking an interest in your faith with your children. All right, guys. So this week, focus that, that full of your, of your effort and, and in as many ways as you possibly can really pursue to be the spiritual head of your family and of your household. Good. So I think we've got our challenge. Um, That's great. So why don't we go ahead and move on to uh, our closing prayer? Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you, Jesus, you, you were not even seen as what you are, as your true nature within your hometown. And so oftentimes that can seem extremely hopeless for us in attempting to be what we're, what we're called to be, especially in our native place where so often we have to just overcome what people see us as, as just this or just that. 
uh, from what we were as children. I just ask that the men listening to this podcast, and especially the, 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 the women in our lives, um, can feel a great level of support and even more so uh, just for all the men that they can find a place where they can take a spiritual lead this week within their families and within their respective environments so as to show the world that going to you is, is the masculine thing to do and turning to you is the way that we become those men fully alive. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For Man Fully Alive podcast, my name is Mike with a mic. And I'm Deacon Nick. God bless, guys, this week. Remember, don't be a hair chewer. Do not be a hair chewer. <laughs> <laughs>